and obviously I'm a trans woman living in Nigeria, which is like, like it's, it's a crazy navigation. When we are going in desert, we walk for good six hours. My leg was trapped. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Lay of the Land. Let's start this episode off with a stat. According to the World Health Organization, there are about 303,000 maternal deaths every year. This equates to about 830 deaths a day. Pregnancy and childbirth are two moments in many women's lives that, I mean, everyone experiences differently. You can talk to some women about childbirth and it literally makes you never want to consider having a kid. And you can talk to others who make it seem like a walk in the park. But if there's one common understanding, it's that this nine-month process is no joke at all. Welcome back to Lay of the Land. In this episode, I'm joined by two women, Shola and Betty. They've both been there and done that, and now they're sharing their experiences. Everything about me being pregnant was like, I feel like I was in a different world from the beginning when you find out I was pregnant. Even how I found out, I got, I, I got a new job and they sent me to go do medicals. So I went to go do medicals and they said, oh, let's do an That's x-ray, how you let's found do out. this, let's do that. And I was like, okay, cool, let's do it. Then the girl at the clinic comes to me and she's like, madam, we can't do your x-ray today. And I'm like, listen, I'm not coming back here. Like, get this thing done once and for all and let me just go. And she's like, yeah, no, we can't do it because of your blood test. And I was like, what blood test? So she comes and she's, she's she has this really puzzled look like, and I was, I'm like, so at that point, I'm thinking to myself, like, let's see, there's something wrong with you, you know. And I remember the guy, I was like, who's pregnant? He's in me. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, it's not possible. I was like, I'm not pregnant. He's like, he's like, yes, you are. And I was like, no, run the test again. He ran it again. And he was pregnant. I was like, I mean, it was positive. And I was just kind of like, you're joking. I, I, I just went to sleep. <laughs> I was like, like, I literally just went to sleep. I woke up like, Four hours later, I didn't bother going back to work. Nothing. People had called me like, Betty, you missed a few meetings, this, this, this. I didn't bother myself. And I just sat down there in the floor, on, on the floor of my living room and I was just kind of like, okay, like, this is it. Like, you're pregnant. You're having, like, you're having this child. Like, this is it. That's it. This is happening. This is happening. So when I got married, um, the plan was to wait a while before we got pregnant. And... I was actually planning my honeymoon. Ooh, and then um, we were going to go to Ibiza and drink and party and just be like <laughs> <laughs> um, young, you know, people in love or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, so I was planning that budget, you know, looking at tickets. And then my period was late. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Do you know what? I wasn't excited, but he was so excited. So I had to just be like, yay. <laughs> there goes my honeymoon. <laughs> but okay. Um, so instead of going to Spain, we ended up going to London to get, you know, um, checked. And um, so that's how I found out the first one. The second one was really interesting because we weren't even trying. Um, one of my friends got married in Abuja. So I went for that. And I was mm -hmm. drinking. I was having a great time. And I was telling my husband, I'm like, yo, my period is late. But, you know, whatever. Turn up. I'm, I'm sure like, it'll come. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. I go back to Lagos and I went to do a, a test and I was positive. I was like, fuck. 
According to a study carried out at the University of California, San Francisco, one in three people confirm that they're pregnant past six weeks, and one in five past seven weeks. Actually, that's a question that I'm gonna throw out to all the mothers listening to this. How did you find out you were pregnant, and when? Let us know at Lay of the Land Pod on social media. Yeah. So, from what I understand, Shola, your pregnancies, sir, mm-hmm. both kind of went pretty okay. Yes and no. Um, the first one, so my first child is four. She's going to be five in February. And the second one is going to be three um, on Christmas Eve. The first one was, it was okay, but I had fibroids. And halfway through the pregnancy, I had fibroid degeneration, which is where literally you go into preterm labor. And the fibroids are like shrinking because the baby's taking all the nutrients and everything that the fibroid has been enjoying to grow. So once that happened, the pain is like literally going into labor. I had to be like put on bed rest, hospitalized. It wasn't so bad. I think I was out for like maybe two weeks. And then the rest of it was like, was okay. The second one was pretty smooth. No fibroid issues. Everything was good. And I think that's what informed her name. You know, she's called Oluwadarasimi. Like, God was good to me during this pregnancy. Fibroids are common in Black women, although research as to why is still very limited. According to some experts, by the age of 35, half of all Black women would have had fibroids. And by the age of 50, 80% of Black women have them. I think think people don't talk about it enough and one of the things I discovered when I was pregnant was I actually went through a phase where I felt like women lied and no one told anyone the truth um, and everyone kind of feels like as a woman it should be a natural thing you're supposed to go through pregnancy and your stomach gets bigger and yeah you're uncomfortable for a bit but after that you just kind of have this child right and I think my fear with pregnancy was always labor it was never actually the pregnancy itself so when I got pregnant and I got sick very quickly I had severe hyperemesis my entire pregnancy. And um, so that's like when you have morning sickness the whole way through. But then when it becomes severe, it's when it now is harmful to you and to the baby. Because at that point, you're keeping absolutely nothing down. So I remember I was in Nigeria. Finally, I think about week eight or so, I had to leave. Because at that point, all the medication they were trying to give me here. I went to a hospital in Nigeria that tried to give me Reglan. Um intravenously when they gave it to me the nurse gave it to me too fast so it made me anxious and I remember just feeling like incredible hawk and I was gonna like tear apart the room at some point no joke and, and as soon as they gave me the medication I was like something isn't right here you know so at that point I made a decision to to leave um, and go back to Connecticut where my family is so I went to Connecticut and as soon as I landed I went straight to the ER and I remember them just taking all of the little blood work and then it came back that my calcium levels was off my potassium level was off my vitamin d was low and all these things and that just and everyone said to me oh it will pass after the first you know trimester will pass and it didn't week 12 week 13 week 14 week 15 week 16 i remember just feeling like this was the worst decision i'd ever made because i was in i was uncomfortable all the time i was in so much pain um and I didn't, I didn't expect it, right? Like I knew, and 
it's almost like you're not allowed to complain because it's a blessing. It's a blessing, right? Don't and be ungrateful. Don't be ungrateful that you're pregnant and you're about to have this child. And I felt like, do you know what it means to bear a child? Do, 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 and how many people means? are looking for a child? You're here complaining. God has blessed you. <laughs> I being, and on a regular basis, I think I'm a dramatic person, right? On a regular basis. So one day, I was just on the floor, like in like the middle of like my living room. My sister comes downstairs and she looks at me. She looks over at me and she's like, Buddy, are you okay? And I was like, no. I was like, I'm not. I was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> she said to me, she goes, you're not going to die. She's like, you're making a human being. It's a lot of work to make a human being. Yeah. And she said, I don't think people realize how much work it takes. Like, it's painful. You get cramps that are incredibly painful. Your body hurts in ways like my... Your boobs are your, sore. Like, listen, my teeth were bleeding. Um, like, stretch I have marks. like... So luckily I didn't get struck marks. My son what? was very kind to me. My son was what? very, very kind to me. I actually lost weight during my pregnancy. Wait, I, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> How's that possible? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. My son was very kind to me. I am bigger today than the day I gave birth be very honest with you that's how much you know that's that's how much this thing this pregnancy took from me um we ended up having to do like so many different er visits that at some point it was like listen you're either going to stay here or we're going to send you home with a visiting nurse so i ended up having a nurse that would come to my house to like change my ivs and stuff like that i was walking around with like this iv bag everywhere and rolling around just so i could have some sort of liquid right and some sort of nutrients um Listen, it was, I had an incredible doctor, right, at some point, because I think everyone was trying to manage me and trying to make it kind of, it will pass after the first 12 weeks. And I remember this lady, she came, this doctor, the first time I was meeting her, it was, it was, I think, my second or third hospital stay. And she comes to me, she sits down next to me, she holds my hand and she says, listen, I went through this twice and I'm completely traumatized. I would never have another child because of this, but I need to tell you the reality of this. We've passed the first trimester. We're in like week 14. At this point, I don't think it's going to get better. So let me tell you, let me give you a plan. So she put me on a cocktail of like different anti-nausea meds and things like that just to kind of help me through. And she said, we're going to have to deal with this throughout. But no, at the end, and her, her, her reassurance was so necessary because at that point I felt like I wasn't crazy and I felt like there wasn't something wrong with me yeah. that was different from everyone else's because I'd never seen anyone complain about this. You know, my mom was like, oh, I was fine. All I did was just, you know, I, I, I just had to sit up when I ate and that was it. And my sister's like, I don't think I threw up once. <laughs> and I look at her and I'm like, I hate both of you. <laughs> um, however, what being sick did, which is very strange, and I've never said this out loud, it emotionally completely disconnected me from my pregnancy. Hmm. You know, like, I wasn't, I didn't want to do a photo shoot. Even though I looked great, honestly, I looked better than, than I do today, actually. But it completely emotionally disconnected me from the pregnancy because I couldn't, my brain, for some reason, just couldn't calibrate how I was going through all of this pain. And at the end of the day, I knew that this baby was going to come, but I wasn't, it just didn't feel Good. Yeah. Let's speak about labor. Even women who say they had an easy pregnancy shiver when they remember this experience. Whether it ends with a vaginal birth or a cesarean, going through labor is no fun experience. And it's even worse for Black women, as globally there are alarming racial differences in maternal mortality. 
In 2021, a report found that black women are more than four times more likely to die in childbirth in the UK than white women. And these disparities exist across several countries. The first one was um, was a natural birth. Um, I was induced because she was like overdue. I had a Nigerian nurse in the NHS, an Igbo lady, and my water had bro- they broke my waters, and then I think I got an epidural. Wait, so let's get into all of this. What is being induced like? And then also I need to know what getting the epidural is like because that's another topic. Do you know what? Before my labor, actually, I need to say this. I was like the queen of going on YouTube and like watching different people's stories. And, you know, everybody had that like supernatural birth book. Did you ever get that? Well, I never bought it, but I saw it online and I was like, don't listen to that shit. Supernatural birth book. It's just like, I don't know, is it a Christian book? It's like a Christian book mm. that like encourages women to, you know, Allow think your that body they're gonna be to they're gonna the be work. like exactly give birth like a Hebrew woman. Oh god. <laughs> Betty Betty said it. Give birth like a Hebrew woman. It's gonna be seamless, easy, straightforward. It's in God's hands. It's never like that, but yeah. Um, so I was the queen of that. So I, I thought that I had prepared. Yeah. But then, you know, my baby didn't come on time. And I think there's a certain limit where, like, the baby can stay in your stomach. At some point, they're going to have to evict them. So that's what getting induced means. So you check into the hospital and then they give you, like, some hormones to, like, kickstart the process. How was your epidural? The first one, it was actually okay. It just, I swear, it's like God is just saving you. Because you feel nothing. So an injection goes into your spine, spine yeah. and you feel nothing. I think the most nervous part for me is the fact that, like, you're not allowed to move because of how, like, delicate and, like, serious your spine is. The little or the slightest, like, shift. So even that just even makes you nervous. But, you know, they, they try to calm you down, relax you. The first experience was nice, but the second one, my God, I was in labor. And I was just like, give me the epidural, give me the epidural. And then as they were giving me, a contraction came. Oh my gosh. So I had to like literally just be still. So my first labor experience was okay. I had a natural birth. So um, I guess, you know, she walked into the room. She saw a Nigerian family. She felt at home. Yeah. And, you know, she was trying to like speak to my husband and I and tell us like what to expect. I shit you not, when the baby was about to come, I thought I was going to poop. So I was telling her, I'm like, yo, I need to poop. I need to poop. But doesn't Do you know what this lady said? Yeah. I never expected that, though. I don't think I ever read that, you know, when the baby's about to come, it feels like you're going to poop. First thing <laughs> that the Nigerian lady said to me is that there is no dignity in childbirth, though. <laughs> <laughs> she actually said that. Nigerian. I love it. She actually said there's no dignity. Oh. Do what you need to do. So when I was like in labor and I was like, ma'am, I need to poop. I need to poop. Say poo the poo now. Poo the poo. <laughs> I was like, am I in Luther? I'm in the NHS. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Um, but she was so nice, you know. She was like, this is what to expect. Yes, you're gonna want to poo. If you need to poo, take a poo. Don't worry, it's fine. Like we've seen it all before. Um, so I pushed naturally and I had a bit of a tear. 
And she explained to me, no, I didn't poo. No, I didn't poo. I didn't poo. Um, she just explained to me, um, you know, what was happening. The baby's head was out. And then she had to deliver the, um, what's that thing called again? The placenta. And then when she was like sewing me up, she told me, she's like, your tears aren't really, you know, bad. You're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. I'm so grateful for her. Um, because my next experience was not that great. Now, do you feel anything when you're getting like stitched up right after? Like, is it painful or are you like on serious meds? That you so just... you're still on the epidural. So okay. you're just feeling pressure. Okay. There's no actual pain. But then once the epidural wears out mm. is when like shit hits the fan. So yeah. you can imagine like going to pee for the first time. It's like there's been a cut there. So it's like acid on top of like a cut and it's just like burning. But then like there are all sorts of like things to help you. And as you're pushing, do you actually feel the baby coming down? I think get out for me, it was like a bit of both. Mm. You feel pressure. So there's no pain. All you're doing is feeling pressure. Um, and they try to tell you that you're supposed to push in like intervals or like after a contraction. The whole thing is just weird. Because at this point, you're drugged up, so you can't even really, like, feel the pain or feel the contraction. You don't even know. So they're literally monitoring, like, the heartbeats and, like, you know, they put, like, so many stuff on your stomach so that they can tell, like, what's happening inside. And then they just tell you, oh, it's time to push. Okay, stop pushing. Okay, it's time to push. That's it. So it's it's mostly pressure, yeah. especially when you get an epidural. I don't know if it's the same for you. Yeah, Betty. Yeah, so um, my labor was... I actually did give birth like he ruined. I hate to say it. I, I don't have to say it. Like, it actually did happen. It actually did happen. So, so my, my pregnancy was terrible. My labor was great. Um, so I, I, like you, I was induced um, because my blood pressure started to go up. So at that point, there was fear of uh, preclampsia. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So because of that, at 39 weeks, which is when you're technically full, um, they scheduled an induction for me. Now, my fear with an induction was always sometimes inductions don't take. And if they don't take, you end up having an emergency C-section anyway. And there are people that are in this induction process for days sometimes. So um, I think I went in and they do what's called a cervical ripening first, which is when they give you like um, drugs to kind of like, like um, kind of shorten your cervix a bit. And kind of, so I think it's, it's called, called right? a sweep in, in London. Oh no, sweep is oh no. That is, is that different. Listen, they try to measure. <laughs> they try to measure um, the length of your cervix because your cervix gets shorter as the baby drops, right? Because the baby drops and it gets shorter and shorter. So a cervical sweep is when they can they put their fingers in to kind of try to measure how far you are. And this is not dilating. This is just to see how where far you're down the baby. Is. Listen, that was the most painful experience out of my entire pregnancy actually the guy but the guy actually pulled out my mucus plug by accident when he did the cervical sweep yes he Mm. did it was was terrible it was so painful I started bleeding after Um, so that made me tell them do not want a resident I do not want an intern (laughs) if you are not a certified OBGYN do not come near me like I'm not I I, I don't care what you need to learn don't learn it with me Just, just move on According to a study published in the American Journal of Public Health, Black women are less likely to receive timely and adequate prenatal care compared to white women. 
Now, of course, several complications can happen during pregnancy and doctors aren't magicians. They can't prevent everything. But a lot of the issues that black women face are systemic. So um, it did a cervical ripening first, uh, which kind of helps soften the cervix and kind of helps everything kind of move along. And then they started doing, so they did that for the first 12 hours. Then they did what they call a Foley catheter. A Foley catheter is a balloon that they put into your cervix to help dilate. They fill up with water and it help, helps your dilation process happen. So when they were done with that, I think a full 24 hours had passed at that point. And I was only dilated maybe like four centimeters. So I felt pressure, a little bit of pain, but not an incredible amount of pain. But they're like, oh, do you want to take the epidural now? And I'm like, no. Disclaimer, I was always a drug person. Give me all the drugs you have. I don't want to, I, I don't care. I don't need to feel this naturally. Give me everything, everything you have in the pharmacy. Just let me have it. So at that point, I was like, okay, I think this is actually all right. So they've given me, so they asked me if I wanted epidural, if I wanted, there's a shot that they gave me instead for pain. And I was like, let me just have the shot. So they kept on giving me the injection and the injection worked well, except I reacted to it and I oh wanted to, and it made me itch, right? And this, this itch was coming from like the inside. So you couldn't even like scratch yourself. Oh, the only the good thing about it was that um, it put you to sleep. So I fell asleep for a few. And then I think at about, after 24 hours or so, at about midnight the next day, my doctor says to me, okay, we're going to take the catheter out. We can't keep you on the meds for more than 24 hours. They have to take a break. And she says, um, we'll break your water. So right before she did it, she asked me, do I want the epidural? And I said, no, I'm, I'm still good. How does breaking your water when they do it for you happen? So they literally stick a, it's like a, like a long, it's like a stick or something. I, I don't know what's, and they literally just poke it. They put, they put it in you and they poke it and all the water just comes, just comes out literally. It's like draining a bag, essentially. I've never experienced that. Yeah, it's like draining a bag. That, that was what, that was what it was like. So, um, she says, you want, and I was like, no, I'll just take another shot instead because the first shot worked. So, cool. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> after she... And I had been having contractions, but they weren't intense or anything. After she broke my water, my contractions went from zero to a thousand almost immediately. And... You know when they say labor feels like every single bone in your body breaking? Mm -hmm. It's actually what it feels like. Every single bone. I've, I've never broken a bone, but I assume that's, that's what it, it was. It just feels like you're just being just mashed up. <laughs> that's exactly what it feels like. It was so painful. Are the contractions the most painful part? Yes. So what kind of pain is it? Is it like a griping pain that yes. pulls into you? Yes. So basically like period pains times one million. Yes. Hmm. It was because it, it felt like my stomach was being pulled from the inside out. Because, I guess that's what makes it hard to push. Sorry. Yes. Right. Yeah, right. Because I mean, what it is, is if you think of your muscle, right? The uterus is a muscle. It's literally in and out, in and out. That's what's happening. That's what's helping push this baby down. I just feel like I'm being stopped. <laughs> <laughs> that, that works too. That works too. Like someone's um, stopping my Yeah. Yeah. And, and it does come in waves. 
it does actually like you feel it when it's coming and you're like another one is coming and it, it has a, a peak and then it kind of goes back down. Um, so at that point, I had called, I think, every single name of God that I can remember. <laughs> I was holding on to the bed, like, uh, you know, like just trying to just get my bearing. Um, and my sister, who was my birth partner, um, who was amazing because she's also a nurse, but she was also my birth partner, was great. My mom, by the way, is in the corner, like, watching Korean shows on Netflix, like, in her, on her iPad, just being like, you be all right. And I'm here dying. <laughs> and um, my sister was great, and she was there just trying to kind of calm me down and stuff. And then the lady that came in for the epidural, because there was only one person doing the epidural on the floor, uh, in the ward at the time, and she came in. I was probably in this pain for about 25 minutes, I think. And then she came in and she was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And that staying still part, I was always afraid of the epidural because everyone said it feels like a very intense bee sting and you can't move. So I was always afraid of it um, as well. But my sister, she gave me like the tightest bear hug. So I had to like kneel down on the bed if I'm not mistaken I was either knelt on the bed or sitting on the edge of the bed and she gave me like the tightest bear hug and I stretched my back out and this lady God bless her wherever she is I felt absolutely nothing like it was either I was in so much pain that this pain felt like nothing or I just didn't feel anything at all she was really that good and as soon as she gave me the epidural she gave me a shot immediately because they give you one of those like clickers where you can kind of there's that one and there's the one that continuously runs so as soon as she did it, she gave me a shot immediately. And within 30 seconds, I felt better. All I felt was just tingling in my legs. Um, Wait, so is get an epidural is a must, would you say? A hundred million percent. <laughs> but there's so many people that are against it. I yeah, don't know I've why, but people. yeah. Listen, <clears throat> to each zone. But mm. for me... A thousand, a thousand percent, absolutely. I, I don't believe in extra suffering. I don't see the point because yeah. it is very painful. So get the epidural within about five minutes. I'm kind of calm. Remember, I had just taken the shot right before she broke my water. So that sleep was coming, right? So she says to me, try to get some rest. Uh, it's probably about one something. And she's like, um, I'll come back and check on you at 6 a.m. I said, okay. So I fall asleep, actually. She wakes me up at four. And she's like, oh, let me check you. And I'm looking at her, I'm like, lady, why are you waking me up? It's not six o'clock yet. So she checks me and she goes, oh, I can feel hair. And I'm still kind of drowsy. She's like, I can feel hair. She's like, oh, yeah, it's time. I was like, time for what? She goes, it's time for the baby. I was like, I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> and I said to her, I was like, I'm not ready. She, like, she laughs. And my sister says to me, whether you're ready or not, it's, it's time to push. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff that they need to kind of get ready in the time before you even start pushing. Like... Another person comes in. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of things that go on in like a very short five-minute span with them getting everything together. And she says to me, okay, let's start to push. And she pushed. She told me to push along with the contractions. So as the, as the wave, and I couldn't feel anything at this point. So as the wave is coming, she's telling me push now. So you push in intervals of three. So push, 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 and then you stop. Push, push, push. And they think by the third push, 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 he was out. And one thing I did not read about was the ring of fire, which is after the head comes out and then I want to get the shoulders out. 
um, this is where a lot of people tear. So once his, she says to me, on the next push, I need you to push, but push very slowly. Do not push as intensely as you've been pushing before. So I said, okay. And then the contraction came. She's like, okay, give me a little push. And then his shoulders came out and that was it. So no tear? I had no tear at all. Within, I think she woke me up a little bit after four. By the time they got ready, I pushed. My son was born at 4.47 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. No, no tear, no nothing. Um, And then after birth, that I didn't even feel that. She actually, (laughs) kind of looks like, kind of feels like moi moi, (laughs) if that makes sense, right, (laughs) at that point. And then she kind of massaged my stomach out and pushed the, the afterbirth out. And as soon as the afterbirth came out, I felt a million times better. That nausea, all of those things, all those What's symptoms that I felt. What's the afterbirth, sorry? Is that like That's like the placenta. The, the, the placenta. The... Yeah. Um, once that came out, I felt a million times better. Like immediately I was hungry. Immediately I just felt, I felt like, wow. Like everything was in color again, if that made sense. <laughs> Um, and then I think next part is then here, breastfeed. And I'm just like, okay. Like, he's like, oh, he's probably hungry. And I was like, he was just born. Like, how is, how is he hungry? Right? Like, he was just born. How is he hungry? But then you, you breastfeed, right? And all the feelings that I'd had of, because then I became worried that, Oh, what, what kind of mother was I going to be if I had no emotional connection to this yeah. pregnancy? It was almost, it's almost like something physical happens in your brain and it releases something. I don't know what it is. And all of a sudden, this overwhelming feeling of joy and love and anxiety and all of these things in one just kind of overwhelm you. At this, exactly. Feeling queasy? Well, we're not quite done with the labor stories just yet. Shola's second labor experience was totally different from her first. So my water broke. Um, I started contractions. Couldn't go into the hospital because I hadn't dilated to like wherever they needed me to be. Um, So it was just contractions all day. I spent the entire day in bed. And... When it was time to go to the hospital, I went in. I was in so much pain. Um, and that's when, you know, I was like, get me the epidural. The lady came, really shoddy, no customer service. We had to get her changed. Um, and then there was, like, some issues with the heart rate. And then at that point, the doctors were like, you know, you might have to do a CS, um, a C-section. I was so nervous, like, imagine that pain frustration you just want to end like you just want like the baby to to appear you know and they're telling you that oh that there's something wrong with the heart rate and my husband wasn't there he was there for the first one he was literally like on a plane actually um so I couldn't really reach him exactly I couldn't reach him so I was a bit nervous um but they were like hey you know this is the best chance for your baby to survive for health reasons we're gonna have to do it Went in, did the CS. I was so nervous. I remember my heart was just, like, pounding. But in, like, under 10 minutes, it was done. I was like, so you mean I could have gotten this for my first child? 
Betty and Sholab both live in Nigeria, but opted to have their kids abroad. Wrapping this episode up, I asked them if they felt there were any differences. I think bedside manner is where there's a big difference in Nigeria. So in the States, the two, the most protected ward, right? Or where they have the best hands is in labor and delivery and in pediatrics, right? Um, My problem with Nigeria and my, my experience being here in the beginning was just Again, because everybody feels like you're pregnant, so what? Like, everyone gets pregnant, right? Why are you being difficult? Or Like, like I almost kind of felt like I was being treated as difficult because it wasn't easy, easy right? Um, there was no information given to me. Like, no one said to me, don't drink this, don't eat this, don't do that, don't, nothing. Did you go to antenatal classes? I didn't even bother to even start because the minute, you see, I'm kind of person that I, I typically in life, generally, I learn lessons one time, right? <laughs> one time. <laughs> and I've learned that over time with the lessons that I haven't, I've chosen not to learn one time. Um, so once I got that vibe, because my, my original plan was to stay in Nigeria until like the last trimester. But once everything kind of went downhill so fast, I was just like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm leaving. And then I remember they wanted to admit me and they wanted to put me, they didn't have a private room um, at the hospital. And I couldn't get any, I was like, do we know when we're going to have a private room? Nothing. And they wanted to put me with another lady that was sick. And I'm like, listen, I'm throwing up my guts. Like the last thing I need is to be with someone else yeah. that's sick as well. Like it just felt like it was just very like, anyhow, you know. So at that point I was like, yeah, no, I'm out. So I think bedside manner is where I would say there's a big, big, big gap. My experience was okay. I went to antenatal classes. Um, and I'm so proud to say that. They used to give us meat pie. <laughs> <laughs> you were allowed to drink fanta? I swear. You drank fanta no. while you were pregnant? You know was funny? In the classes, they'll be like, you have to eat your vegetables, your fruits. And then while going home, we'd like cook and, and meat <laughs> no pie. No way. <laughs> oh my goodness. But that, so they did that to encourage people to come because the classes were like usually scanty. And I think those were the classes where I really learned the most. Like, for example, I was I was told that while you're pregnant, you should start like cleaning your nipples with olive oil and in the bathroom because they're actually pretty filthy. Oh. So if I didn't go to that, like I wouldn't have been able to like learn that. This is why the more stories we tell, the more we learn. The thing about life is everyone will experience it differently. What may work for you may not work for someone else. And what may have gone well for someone else may not have gone well for you. While Shola and Betty could give birth abroad, this is definitely not an option available to most people in Nigeria today. And while every region of the world has its respective issues, Nigeria has one of the highest maternal mortality rates in the world. According to the WHO in 2018, only about 45% of births in Nigeria were attended to by skilled health personnel such as doctors or nurses. I thought it was worth mentioning that. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it's time for a drink. 